Welcome to Formations, a podcast that allows you to learn and reflect on a relationship of growth with Jesus Christ. Welcome to Formations. This is Marley Grace here. I will be doing a solo podcast very excited to be doing this. Ellen and I just released our four-part podcast on what it looks like to do spiritual formation in the life of social media and what that looks like with discipleship. And in this podcast, I will be diving into evangelism and discipleship. This is my final project for my evangelism and discipleship class. Super excited about it, but I am doing this by myself. So here we go. So in evangelism and discipleship, I learned a ton about not only how to connect with people, but a lot about myself. When I look at my culture and community, I am surrounded by academics, pastors, creatives, Christ followers, teachers, but also there's a side around me of people who are desensitized, ostracized, and polarized because they are bound to the religion of politics. As someone who grew up in the Bible Belt and who now lives in New England, I have seen two different perspectives and sides to Christianity and how the gospel message can be presented. However, in my passion to listen to others, I really enjoyed sharing the gospel through word, art, and relationships on social media. As I've talked about in previous podcasts, social media is a beautiful place for discipleship to take place because there is this ability that we can talk to people across the world, different countries, different states. It's truly living out the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all the nations. But I also want to look at the fact that while social media is great, I don't want to hinder or forget about the in-person discipleship and evangelism that can happen. And As Ellen and I have talked about in previous podcasts, we look at how starting a small group together, whether that's on Zoom or in person, is vital to maintaining the body of Christ. And evangelism and discipleship is not something that is supposed to be experienced alone. Sure, we can have quiet time with Jesus and we can have moments of personal reflection, but Christ tells us to go out two by two. He sends not just one person out, but all. Christ invites us into community and into a place of rest and excitement and growth in his name, and his name is the body of Christ. Since COVID-19 and the rise of the digital age, we have seen online church, online Bible study, frankly, online everything. Like I said, I have a heart for the online space, but I really want to focus on a healthy balance between social media and in-person gatherings. My calling is that I have a heart for people and that I feel like the calling that is placed on Christians overall is to love God and love others. As we see in Mark 12, 30 through 31, talks about the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the calling on Christians today. And we often forget that in order to love God, we have to love others. Though we have the same calling, there are different avenues in which this calling can be played out. So we can look at social media and how there are Christian influencers or Christian pastors who really have a heart for social media and have flourished in doing ministry and evangelizing on social media accounts. And then we can also look to pastors or other people who are in ministry who don't have social media and they really thrive in the in-person context. Because we have different avenues to do our calling, both are okay. The way we live this out can look very different, but ultimately it is the foundation for all Christian living. 
because of my calling to love God and love others, I have started to reflect a lot this semester on what does my vocation look like or what does my path look like? And honestly, I can't give you a straight answer because I feel like God is continually refining and speaking to me different avenues in which I could go. I've been called to create spaces for people who need rest, spaces for people who want to do life with Christ, spaces for people who need community, and spaces for people to come and learn more about the gospel. The gospel is formative. It is restful, creative. It is full of faith. The gospel is communal and refining and unifying. The gospel is not just meant for one person, but it's meant for a collection of people to come and know the Father who is deep inside our souls, who is knocking at our hearts so that we can have a relationship with him. When I think about discipleship, I have a beautiful picture in my mind of my house one day when I'm older and having a table that's just large and has a bunch of food. I'm a huge charcuterie board type of person. I've never made one, but one day I want to. Coffee brewing. Imagine this room just full of people or just with like five people. There's two different scenarios. But as coming around the table, just as Christ did with his followers at the Last Supper, and having a conversation that was raw and authentic and vulnerable. And though this might not happen the first time I have people in my house, it might take months and months and years. It is about that connection of welcoming people to the table, knowing that they have a place, because that is what Christ came to tell us on this earth. That is the gospel, that we have a place at the table. I'm a huge fan of Henry Nouwen. If you've ever talked to me, you probably know that I have a huge collection of Henry Nouwen books that I've collected over this year. And recently I got to do many projects where I looked at the life of Henry Nouwen. I have done a podcast on discernment with my friend Ellen. Please go listen to that if you haven't. But ultimately he says this in his book on discernment, how we can allow the Holy Spirit to play out in our life and the hope that discipleship and spiritual formation has. Henry Nouwen says, I do not think of myself as your teacher. I think of myself as a friend who has made a very long journey and has learned something so important that he does not want to keep it for himself. I have come to a place in my life where these obvious and beautiful differences among us seem small in the context of unity that binds us all together. The unity of life among us is even deeper and stronger than the diversity between us. I believe that we should get away from the mentality that to disciple and to proclaim the gospel means you have to have a superiority complex over someone else. As Henry Nouwen says, he is not consider himself a teacher, but as a friend who is sharing his life story of how to grow with Christ. I recently started The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen, and it is literally a personal letter to one of his dearest friends on what it looks like to have fellowship and community with God. It is not individualistic. It is not my word is better than yours, but it's coming together, dying to self and surrendering, saying, Christ, come have your way. Christ is here. And he came to commune with people and lovingly lead them in the right direction to him in faith. And when we do this in spiritual formation, that means we have to sit and we have to process and we have to allow ourselves space to be quiet in order to hear. One really awesome way I can see this happening or that I would teach 
in life or in a relationship. It's this idea of crafting a rule of life. Steve Machia, he just has a passion for a rule of life, a life that is focused on a well-ordered way in God. And I love it. It is so awesome. He quotes in one of his explanations of what it means uh, to create a rule of life. And he says, you see, it's a well-ordered way because it's all about understanding God's invitation to a spirit-ordered way. We are his, we are loved, we are created, redeemed, sustained, and transformed by God and God alone. And everything about our life is gift to be received and then released out of one simple motivation, love. When we disciple and evangelize, if love is not at the foundation of our message, then it does not matter. We cannot bring people to Christ if we are not focusing on love. And that means we have to die to ourselves. We can't have this arrogant, prideful, sharing the gospel if we're sharing it just to be seen. Steve Machia continues and says, discovering one's personal rule of life will change the trajectory of your life. It will realign your days. It will focus your attention on the author of life and will create for you the deepest possible connection to God's assignment for you. For this life alone, and it's not to be wasted. This uniquely distinct life is yours to live with abundance and joy. Will you continue to allow the waves and winds of this world and the pressures to perform and produce by others around you continue to guide the use of each new day? Or will you choose to hop off the treadmill of constant activity and begin afresh to listen more attentively to the voice of invitation from the God who loves you more than you could ever ask, dream, and imagine? Friends, we live in a world that is full of instantaneous moments. We have social media, like I said, that constantly keeps us connected. We are a culture that thrives on burnout and working 50 to 60 to 70 hour weeks. Rest seems unattainable. But there is hope. There is hope because as I feel this burnout and this exhaustion from school and from trying to have ministry as I'm a 20 year old and trying to figure out how do I evangelize and disciple people when I'm still trying to figure out the mess of this world, I still have hope because the first step we have to take forward is surrender. Many people in our generation and in later generations are discovering that being busy all the time is not healthy. It does not allow space to understand God. To understand God, we have to just be sometimes. Be. You don't have to do. Be. As a Christian, this is not something you will do once and then you have a perfect life with Christ, but rather it is, as I said, a daily surrender to meet with the one who reigns above it all. Maybe you have never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you still don't understand the gospel. I'd like to give a little insight here. I would like to invite you in to this beautiful life of a child of God. The gospel is, as I said, formative and restful. It is creative. Creative in the fact that Jesus, the son of God, came down in flesh, lived 30 years before he even started his written ministry. Christ's ministry revolved around going to the least of these, the fishermen, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, And he invited them into a space to know the full joy of the Lord. Not only that, but he stepped down from the throne of heaven to come to earth. 
so that he can have a relationship one-on-one with us. As Christ came down to earth, he tore the veil that was separating us from God. As he went through his ministry, he proclaimed that the only way to the Father is through him, and that is through personal relationship. Often Jesus withdrew and dwelled in quiet places. He prayed, he processed, he reflected. And while he did this alone, he also had people around him to commune with. You see, a relationship with God is communal and private. There are two different ways that we can approach it and that you should approach it. It is about doing life together. You see, Jesus was a mentor. He mentored the disciples. He mentored the inner three. There were three people that he was extremely close to in his following. And he taught them the ways in which a Christian should live in humility, in faith, and in open daily surrender. Christ came to this world and then died on the cross for our brokenness and our mistakes that we constantly make every single day, but he did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the tomb, triumphed victorious over death, and came back, fulfilling the promise that he made that he will be with us always. And friends, he is going to come back again. He is going to redeem and refine our broken world. But until then, we can take a step forward in a relationship with him, do life with him in community and in discipline. Just as Christ went to the Father, so must we. Just as Christ communed with people, so must we. Friends, you are welcome at the table. You are welcome to ask questions, to be vulnerable. Evangelism and discipleship is not something that is learned and then perfect. In fact, to be a disciple is to be a constant learner. I am still learning and you are still learning. And that is the beauty of the gospel because there is grace and freedom that is bestowed to us every single day. Christ loves you and I hope you know that through this podcast, it is just one way to process what it means to evangelize and disciple. Take a step back and process and listen. Say yes to God. I promise it'll be worth it.